This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. Kiss me, Jerry. Honey, don't let me get started again, please. I've got to go. You've always got to go. Monica, you know that isn't true. I spend as much time as I can with you, but you know I've got the rewrite to do on the screenplay. And Sam won't let up on me until I hand it in. Ooh, Sam, Sam, Sam. It's always Sam. What is he, your agent or your mother? A little of both. Listen, honey, i got to go. Wait a minute. Hello? Yes, this is Monica Dean. Who's this? Oh, it's Sam. Oh, gosh. Give it here. Sam, what'd they say? I'm sorry, Jerry. Universal is going to pass this time. But that script's exactly what you said they were looking for. An oil tanker blows up in New York Harbor in a fog, and a secret H-bomb falls off in the... Jerry, Jerry, look, I know the premise. Well, that's what you said they were going for. I know, I know, but I also told you there was something wrong in the way you built to the ending. I'm afraid that's why they didn't buy it. Okay, so I'll fix it. So what's the big deal? I'm sorry, Jerry. I really am. But, you know, every time you do a screenplay, there's a a flaw in it somewhere. Would you consider working with someone on this? Another writer? No way. Yeah, but, Jerry... Sam, this is my work. My blood and sweat. What do those guys want, anyway? An airtight script. All right. I'll fix it. Okay, Sam? Well, okay. Okay, Jerry. No, uh, incidentally, it's none of my business, but... Maggie's been calling for you. Yeah, I bet. Sauced again. No, she sounded okay to me. All right, I'm going right home anyway. So long. Bad news, darling? Yeah. Come on, tell Monica all about it. It's nothing. Look, honey, I gotta go. Maggie's been calling Sam again. When are you going to get rid of her? Soon, I promise. Look, I gotta go. When? When... When she fixes my script. Tonight, we offer you a tale about that most pathetic and frustrated species of Scrivener, the screenwriter. This particular writer divides his time between his young and promising girlfriend, his typewriter, and the embarrassing third party to the triangle, his wife. In a minute, our star Bob Crane will return with Act One of The Flaw. And now, Mr. Bob Crane in The Flaw. As the lights of greater Los Angeles begin winking on, an angry Jerry Torgerson winds his sports car up the steep residential roads of a hillside development slightly east of the city and pulls into the driveway of a fashionable duplex. He takes the winding brick steps two at a time and lets himself into the carpeted living room. Ah, my own true love has returned. Hi. And did you give my regards to the hyper-mammiferous Monica? Shut up about Monica. Oh, that's right. I'm not to know about her. Well, now, let's see. What is safe ground for conversation? Oh, come on, Maggie. Look, I, I wish you wouldn't call Sam. He told me you called up looking for me. That's tacky. Tacky. 
But what you're doing isn't tacky a bit. I don't want to discuss it. Okay. Let me check that off, too. Can't talk about Monica. Can't talk about Sam. Now, let's see. Who does that leave? Spiro Agnew? You're drunk again, Maggie. Oh, not again. Yet. Oh, funny. No, not funny. Sad. You know, if I thought you had any use for me, anything you'd like me to do, I'd sober up. Listen, Maggie, it happens. It it just happens that there might be something you could do, if you feel up to it. Try me, she said hopefully, crossing to the sofa. Be serious. All right. Universal turned the script down. I know. Sam told you? He did not. Look, Sugar Plum, I was writing in college while you were going out for your letter in Varsity Necking. Remember? That's why you married me? That's not why I married you. Gee, no more. Then why did you marry me? I forget. Look, I'll come to the point, Maggie. Sam says there's a flaw in the script, in the, in the structure of it somewhere. True. You mean you knew there was a flaw in it? Uh-huh. And you didn't do anything? Well, what's the big idea? Well, a girl likes to feel like she's wanted. All right. If you know what's wrong with it, can you fix it? Sure. Can you? I said I can. Now, your question should be, will you? All right, will you? I can give you a flat, unqualified... Maybe. What are you talking about? Either you can or you can't. Oh, we're back to that again. All right, give a listen. You've got a lovely story about a foreign oil tanker that sneaks into New York Harbor with a zillion barrels of old crude oil and, and an H-bomb on board. And then the boat suddenly blows up. But the bomb doesn't explode. It falls to the floor of the bay. And then you've got a subplot going with a waterfront racketeer that's oh, lovely but innocent. Hold it a minute. Hi, Jer. Oh, hello, Don. Doing anything? Well, uh, well, as a matter of fact... Oh, come in, Don. Yeah, come on in, Don. I got something for Maggie. Oh, Don, thanks. I've been blind. You said it. It's my lens. Don made a new one for me, for the one I lost. Isn't it wonderful to have an eye doctor living right next door? It is if you keep losing your lenses. Well, come sit down and I'll make you a drink, won't you, Jerry? Yeah, sure. What do you have, Don? Uh, nothing right now. I just stopped over to give you the lens. Yeah, what do we owe you? Oh, they bill you. Well, then excuse me. I'll go put in my eyeballs and be right back. Well, how you been doing, Jer? Uh, oh, fine, fine, Don. Written any more movies? Well, that's a never-ending job, script writing. You get one virgin idea, then you have 15 rewrites. Excuse me. Oh, sure. Hello? Jerry? Mm-hmm? Is that you, darling? Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, what can I do for you? Ha, ha, ha. Listen, I wish you wouldn't call me here. But I'm lonely. Are you coming over? I, I don't know. Or shall I come over there? No. No, indeed. That won't be necessary. Look, uh, I'll, I'll give you a call shortly. Yeah, goodbye. Darn agent. Won't give you a moment's peace. Boy, what a life. Never a dull moment for you, right? Yeah, I could use a few dull moments. Who was that on the phone? Uh, it was Sam. Oh? Well, listen. I just stopped over to give you the lens. Got it in now, Maggie? Yes, thanks so much, Don. Oh, no problem. And give Kathy our love. Sure will. So long, Don. Yeah, good night. <laughs> what a sweet man. Yeah. Now, listen, about fixing the script. Oh. Yes, what did Sam have to say? When? Well, just now. Well, you did say Sam called. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, look, forget it. Forget it, it was nothing. No, you Bet it was nothing. I picked up the extension. Oh? Yes. All right. Let's 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 forget about that for a while. Let's talk about the script. 
I don't think so. What do you mean? I hate to remind you, but everything you've ever written had problems that had to be fixed. And who is it who fixed him? You did. You're darn right. So what? So this, Buster. This time you do it. How come? Well, I guess the vodka's wearing off. I'm beginning to see things a little clearer now. Or maybe it's the lenses. Anyway, I'm not going to bail you out this time. Oh, come on, Maggie. Just look it over. It's exactly what Universal wants. Only Sam says the, the bill, bill to, to the, the end, end is, is a little, little weak. weak. Right. Of course it's weak. You slap that ending on right out of the clear blue sky. Okay, so what should I do to fix it? Oh, no. Oh, come on, Maggie. You can't hold out on me. You're my wife. Oh, really? Well, you remember after all. I think I'll have a drink. Not now. Not until you fix the script. Every time you run into a snag on a story, you come running to Mama to bail you out. I wouldn't say that. I've written over 25 movies. You started 25 movies. I finished them. Isn't it odd? When the credits rolled, it always says, Screenblade by Gerald Torgerson. Never Gerald and Maggie. I wonder if the Writers Guild knows about me. Okay, okay. If it means so much to you, fine. Only I've got to rework this script before Universal gives it to someone else. Now, now, please, Maggie. Just how badly do you want this script? What's that supposed to mean? How badly do you want this script? I want it. Enough to drop Monica and never see her again? Oh. A little blackmail, at it? Right. I've tried everything else. God, you're pathetic, Maggie. For three years, I've tried to get you to do the civilized thing and divorce me. We could still work together. We could be... Meaning I could still fix your lousy script. Look, what good is a marriage if it's poisoning both of it's us? It's no good. I agree. Then divorce no. me. Oh, no. Not quite yet. What do you mean, not quite yet? How miserable do I have to get? I'll divorce you when there's something to divide. What? If we split up now, what do I get? 50% of your car payments, half a mortgage? The day you sell a big one, another airport or towering inferno, then you'll get your divorce. With pleasure. Now, where's that bottle? Jerry Torgerson is like a prisoner on a medieval torture rack. He's being pulled in two directions by the two women in his life. And he well knows it's only a matter of time until something snaps. It's 11 o'clock the next morning, and Jerry is at Monica's apartment. She came right out and said it? Right. She won't give me a divorce until I'm rich. And then she's going to take me to the cleaners. I can't believe a person like that. And she won't work on my script unless I promise to never see you again. Oh? And what did you tell her? Don't be silly. I wouldn't give in to her. I can get any one of a hundred good writers to help me wind it up. <laughs> who needs her? Say it with a little more meaning, Jerry. Hmm? The part about who needs her. Oh, listen, Monica. If I were free now, it wouldn't matter to me whether I ever sold another screenplay or not. I'd dig ditches just to be with you. I don't know whether I'd want to be married to a ditch digger or not. Ah, my agent, he said be he called before noon. Hello? Here, it's your agent. Yes, Sam. Jerry, I uh, just got a very strange call from Maggie. Oh, great. I think you and I had better have a little talk. All right, okay, go ahead. In my office, not over the phone. Okay. Look, I'll be back from lunch around two. Can you make it? Sure, I can make it. Sam, you sound a little, you sound a little ticked. Is uh, is anything wrong? I hope not, Jerry. See you at two. <laughs> 
Come in and close the door, Jerry. Have a seat. Okay. You really got me guessing, Sam. What is it? Jerry, let's be perfectly frank. Now, we both know Maggie's an alcoholic. Yeah. But we also know she's a pretty bright gal. Yeah, I'll give her that. And we also know that she has plenty of reason to do a number on you. Because of Monica, I mean. In fact, Monica's probably the reason Maggie drinks so much. Not true, Sam. Maggie was having a problem a long time before I ever met Monica. In fact, it's the other way around. If Maggie hadn't turned into a lush, I... I probably wouldn't have ever looked at a woman twice. Okay, whatever the case, allowing for the fact that Maggie has a motive in the case, she's really blown my mind. How? I'm going to ask you straight, Jerry. Does Maggie work on your screenplays? Yes, sometimes. Hmm. How much? Hmm. A word here and there. Well, is that all? Well, sometimes she'll uh, suggest a little change in a character here and there. Is that all? Look, what is this? What did she tell you, anyway? On Flight into Doom, remember when the producer uh, handed the script back and wanted the rewrite? Mm-hmm. Who did the rewrite? Well, we both worked on it. Did Maggie put in the changes? Were they her work, her ideas? Well, on that particular piece, yes. I, I guess they were. Uh, and then that uh, TV movie Jungle Trap of Paramount. Who wrote the treatment? I did. And who wrote the screenplay? Well, a little of both of us, I guess. Look, Isn't but... it a fact, Jerry, that every single script you've ever written had flaws that began to appear toward the end of the story, and then when you'd get a rejection, Maggie was the one who came in to fix them up? Well, I don't know if it was every single one of my scripts, Sam. That's saying an awful lot. Isn't it a fact, too, that you can start a story, but you just can't write an ending, and Maggie's the one who finishes them for you? Well, she has helped me uh, on a lot of them, yes. Why didn't you tell me? Well, what does it matter? What do you care? Because I make my living representing talented writers. Look, I'm welcome at the studios because I deliver a product. I deliver, Jerry. My writers deliver. I have to work in an atmosphere of trust, and for almost six years, you've been deceiving me. You never once mentioned that Maggie has been your partner in these scripts. She has no guild membership. She's had no screen credits. I haven't gotten her a dime. And you let it happen. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm putting Maggie under contract. I'm putting her into an alcoholic treatment center at my own expense. And I'm taking my contract with you to the guild and asking for your suspension. And when Maggie tells them what she told me, you'll be through in this town. And good riddance. Monica, you got to help me. Sure, Jerry. Look, all I want you to do is, if anyone should ask you where I was tonight from from about now until maybe midnight, I spent the whole evening with you. Okay? Okay. Do I get to know why? No. Now, where's that script? Wrote it about ten years back. It's got the perfect little answer to my problem in it. Yeah, here it is. Getaway, yeah. Wrote this one before I ever even met Maggie. There's something in here. Where is it? Yeah, here. Yeah. Mark takes care to aim the blow so that it could have been made by the rearview mirror of the car. Then he lifts the body into the seat beside him and starts down the hill, careful to wait until all traffic is gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, they may not have bought the screenplay, but it's going to play out just the way I wrote it. Maggie? I'm in the bedroom. 
Maggie? Did you want something? She asked hopefully, desperately, pleadingly. Yeah, but don't, don't, don't get up. Uh, what are you drinking? Do you care? Well, sure I care. I was just going to get you another. Mr. Torgerson? Yes. Sergeant Stanley, South Pasadena Police. You on this T-Bird down in the gully? Yes. Your wife's name Margaret? I'm sorry to have to tell you this, Mr. Torgerson. Apparently what happened here Jerry. is... Jerry! Is anything the matter? I was just riding by and I saw you caught here and I... Oh, no. It's Maggie. Oh, my God. Is she... Is she all right? She died instantly, as far as we can tell. Medical examiner is down at the wreck now. Oh, Jerry... Jerry, let me go down and see her. I'm a doctor officer, Don Cowan. I live next door to the Torgesons. Well, all right, doctor. Yeah, go ahead. Now, what I was saying, Mr. Torgerson, her car apparently left the road and plunged down this gully and hit a big oak tree down there. She wasn't wearing a seatbelt. And, um, she's been drinking. Yeah, I knew this would happen. How's that? Her drinking was getting worse and worse. To be honest with you, officer, I've been spending the evening with a friend... I couldn't take her drinking anymore. Uh, well, she's had a lot, that's for sure. You say you were with a friend? Could I have his name and phone number? Well, it's, uh, it's a lady. Her, her name is Monica Dean. Monica Dean. Yeah. Her phone? 799-3480, Pasadena. I left there. I was just on my way home when I saw the police cars. Yeah. Look, uh, please don't drag her into this. Oh, well, there's nothing to drag her into as far as I can see. Looks like what happened here is your wife drove down from the house, lost control of the car on this big bend of the road, and that was it. Jerry! Jerry, I just went down to the car. She couldn't have suffered even a second. Thank God. But there's one thing that's strange. I mean, very strange. What's that? Well, she made it a good mile down these winding roads. Hairpin turns, parked cars, narrow little streets. Yeah? I just wonder how she could have made it this far. You mean because she's had a lot to drink? Oh, no, no. Because she wasn't wearing her contact lenses. You see, I'm her ophthalmologist, and Maggie was just about blind without them. Why, she couldn't have made it out of her driveway without help. Well, maybe they were knocked out in the wreck. We'll look around for them. Meanwhile, Mr. Torgerson, why don't we drive up to your place and see if she might have left them at home? At home? Because if she did, well, it looks like maybe she might not have been driving the car after all. Thanks for your help, Doctor. Oh, not at all. Oh, and, and Jerry, if there's anything I can do... Yeah, yeah, thanks, Don. I think you've done everything you could do. This business of writing plots demands... What was it Sam called it? An airtight script. Well, it seems Jerry's plot sprang a leak. It had one flaw, which proved deadly. I'll be back with a word about next week's crisis program and the names of tonight's players. Tonight, Crisis presented Bob Crane in The Flaw. Appearing with Bob were Ronnie Richards as Monica... Douglas Young as Sam, John Amendola as Don, Pat French as Maggie, and Phil Harper as the policeman. 
Sound created by Jeff Thompson. Engineering by Carney Barton. Post-production by Fred Sanchez. Crisis is produced at Audio Recording Incorporated in Seattle. And now, this is your writer-producer, Jim French, thanking you for listening and inviting you to be with us next week for Crisis.